Good morning, Sacramento Republic fans, and welcome to match day number one of the 2020 season. My name is Jonathan. I'm co-host of the Sacktown FC podcast and joined, as usual, by my co-host, Luis. Luis, how are you doing today, man? Doing good. You know, excited for, for tonight's game. Um, sadly, like I said, another pod, I won't be able to attend, but hey, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch it on, on ESPN Plus, most likely. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Hey, where there's a will, there's a way. Um, so, Sacktown Republic fans, we are excited today and privileged to be joined by Austin Gwynn of FC Tulsa. Austin, how are you doing this morning? Doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thank you for taking the time to join us. And I hope your squad is as excited as ours uh, for this for this game today, match day one of the 2020 year. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a grind of a preseason, and I think uh, the lads are ready to play somebody that isn't themselves or, um, you know, a local area team. Nice to, you know, have something at stake when they take the field. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, I know you're probably busy on the on the social media side trying to get everything going and get supporters going for the game today. So we had a few questions we wanted to ask you. Um, and the first is, what was the reason uh, that FC Tulsa changed their name from the Roughnecks? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question and a good one to start off with, I think. Um, I'm sure you guys are familiar with the league and, and familiar with, um, you know, recent history of, of the Tulsa Roughnecks. And um, there's not a lot of success uh, with the club to write about over the last five years. Um, only one playoff appearance, um, uh, a fan base that um, was dwindling and uh, interest dwindling. And so um, when the ownership group uh, purchased the team in August, uh, local Tulsans, the Kraft brothers, three brothers purchased the club. Um, they wanted to bring some new life into the club and um, also have the club represent what modern Tulsa is. And it's certainly more than just the boom town that it was. Um, it's more than just an oil town. It's, it's a modern, vibrant um, city that um, has, has a rich culture, um, but is diverse. And so um, when they wanted to, um, when they bought the club, they, they talked to fans, they held, um, you know, town halls and uh, focus groups and, and really wanted to make sure they were listening to the fans. And what the fans said was that the Roughnecks brand had lost its value in the market. Um, you know, it was, it was a, it was a brand that had, um, made mistakes and, you know, had burned some bridges locally. And so they thought that, you know, it was best to, to put, put a new face on this thing and, um, to show our fans that this is different. Um, what we're doing now is different. And, uh, so, um, you know, we, we were inspired by the art deco in the city, um, that is, is prevalent around downtown inspired by some of the colors, uh, the gold and the patina green, um, that we're using. Uh, and so, um, anyway, that all came together with a uh, world-class designer, Matthew Wolf, who has designed, um, PSG's logo, LAFC's logo, uh, Union Omaha, the new USL league one team, uh, he designed their logo. So we, we called him in and, and hosted him in the city for a couple of days and um, he found some inspiration and, and gave us a really good logo set that uh, we think, we think represents um, all of Tulsa. So Austin, um, how have the supporters reacted to, to the name change? Uh, I, I would say overwhelmingly positive um, has, has been the reaction and, and not just from the supporters, but um, I think you've seen that, you know, nationally um, when we announced that, that change at the beginning of December, 
Um, it got a lot of publicity. I think a lot of people really liked the color scheme and, and how the logo looked. Um, and uh, of course, there's been some um, supporters that have, you know, echoed their, um, I wouldn't even say displeasure, but more just um, apprehension at kind of losing the history of that Roughnecks. But um, we actually held a town hall the night before we launched the new brand. We invited all of our supporters, um, local constituents, uh, so like politicians and um, just like um, big names around Tulsa. We invited them all into a town hall the night before we launched the brand. And, and we said, hey, we wanted to show you guys first what we, what we were going to do, what we're going to do tomorrow. Um, and we wanted to give you guys the reason behind um, this, this rebrand. And so, um, you know, we obviously there was a lot of trust in that room as we showed them what the logo looked like, what the name was going to be, what the colors were going to be. Um, and not a single word was, uh, was said on social media or anything about it after we did it. Um, but it was a chance. It was our, our, it was our owners and it was our club president and multiple members of our front office staff in that room. And they were there to answer fans questions and concerns. And, um, obviously the topic came up of, you know, what, what's happening to this roughnecks history. That's, that's so deep. Cause it's not just, uh, the history from the USL championship from 2015 to 2019, the roughnecks were an NASL team in the 1970s and eighties. They won a soccer bowl in 1983, um, averaged like 25,000 people a game in the seventies and eighties. So, um, you know, they were concerned about losing that history and, and we were very clear that history is going nowhere. Um, we are still, uh, the roughnecks, if not by actual name, uh, than just colloquially, but, um, we have, uh, two ambassadors from those old Roughnecks teams in the 70s and 80s, uh, two gentlemen named Victor Moreland and Charlie Mitchell, who are um, active within the club, will be present at games. And so fans know that there, nothing's, nothing's going away from the history of this club. We're actually honoring it. Um, it was just time to um, refresh the name and refresh the brand to represent what Tulsa is now. Man, that sounds exciting in terms of just the, the support that you guys have gotten. And the reaction, I think that's great because anytime you make a change that's so rooted in history for a community, um, it can be difficult. And I think by the owners coming in and doing what they, they did with the meetings, I think it made it a little easier to make this change for you guys. Yeah, so, I would say so. We've had, we've had a lot of supporters that have said, um, you know, hey, I was apprehensive, but this, this sit down, this, this, you know, couple hours that you guys devoted to us in particular to make sure that, um, you know, we knew the reasoning and, and that we were on board. Um, what is what convinced me? Um, and so we've heard that time and time again. So, um, you know, it's, it's all about just kind of making that personal connection and making sure that there's an open line of communication from ownership, president, head coach to the fans. Awesome. Yeah. Cause we were curious too, cause on our, we had a podcast, uh, that we just launched yesterday. I was talking about the change and, we were curious too, of like, is it, are you changing? Did the owners completely change? Was it just a handover to like a family member? So it sounds like there was, there was some, some thought that went into the change and it wasn't just about, all right, well, we need an image. It was trying to recollect or recreate what was there at one time. So that's awesome. We're really excited for you guys. Thanks, man. Um, so new ownership brings new expectations and new goals mm -hmm. and, for you guys, it's year, it's year one, essentially. But what is the overall goal for the new ownership, the new front office, the new staff? Um, what, are the, what are the goals and expectations for this season? 
Yeah. Um, you know, I think goal number one is obviously um, make the playoffs. Uh, there's, there's no doubt that every USL championship team goes into uh, a new season. And, you know, when they are writing their goals and expectations on the board, it's, you know, the first step is making the playoffs. And so um, that's certainly our expectation. Um, in past years, um, I would say that the, the Roughnecks um, were not amongst the highest teams in the league as far as, as payroll and resources are concerned with uh, the team on the field. Um, that's changed this year. Um, we, uh, our ownership has invest, invested quite a bit of money into the roster. And so um, our expectation is no less than to make the playoffs. And obviously from there, um, you never know. As, as, as Sacramento Republic fans know so well, um, you know, you can be knocked out as a high seed and you can advance far as a low seed. Um, at that point, you know, it's kind of a brand new season. So goal number one is to make the playoffs. We'd obviously love to be one of those top four seeds and host a home playoff match. Um, I think that's certainly a realistic goal for us as well, um, especially in the West, which seems to be uh, so volatile year in and year out. Um, so I would say that's that's kind of the on-field goal. And then um, off the field, uh, I think it's about, like I mentioned before, kind of revitalizing the fan base, um, bringing fans back out to the game. We've um, slashed our ticket prices this year, um, some, some really fan-friendly pricing, both in season tickets and single tickets, because we want this team to be accessible to the city. Um, we want this team to represent Tulsa and we want them to come out and be able to show our support. And that's, um, you know, not just a, a select group of people that can afford tickets, but we want everybody to be able to experience um, what we've got coming. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think the off field goals is just to increase awareness and, and kind of increase the fan base and, um, give, give the city of Tulsa something that it doesn't really have right now. And that is a, um, legit professional sports team that they can get behind and, and, you know, live and die with the wins and losses. Um, and that's, you know, that's that kind of commitment and devotion um, we'd like to have with, with our community and with our fans. So I have to ask because our, our club did this and this can be a short answer. Do you guys release your tickets for the season or do you guys go month by month? Because we've noticed for at least with the Republic is they are releasing tickets like every month they'll release the next month instead of rolling out everything. How do you guys work that? Yeah. Um, I mean, we just do it kind of your, your traditional, you have your season tickets and then, um, you know, you've got your, your tickets for the season. And then if you have, you want to buy single games, um, all 17 home matches are available for purchase as we speak on our website. So, um, I know that a lot of the USL championship teams do, you know, more of a, a subscription-based model um, or something like that. I would say the only um, the only difference for us is that if you buy season tickets, um, there's an option to do a payment plan uh, to help spread out your cost. So you only pay, um, you know, a set amount every month. But, um, you know, that, those those are still season tickets that get you access to all 17 matches. But, um, awesome. Yeah, that, that's really great, too. In fact, uh, with Sacramento, we have something similar, too. They, they do have a a monthly payment plan too. And, you know, I think it's great to see teams, you know, offering that convenience to fans because, you know, sometimes, you know, a fan might not be able to, you know, pay $200, $300 like right off the spot. So it's great to see, see you guys doing that too. So with the new season ahead, you know, you guys have new players and maybe some old players returning from the previous team. Um, who has been the player that has impressed the club over camp so far? Yeah, so um, I would kind of obviously group that into 
the two categories, the, the returners and then the, the newcomers. Um, like I said, with the amount of resources that are being invested into the club this year, a lot of new faces. Um, but I'll start with the, I'll start with the returners. Um, we've returning a player like Rodrigo da Costa, who is the only uh, USL all league player, uh, not on a playoff team last year. Um, he was an all league second team midfielder. And um, I think if, if Tulsa would have been a little bit better, he might've been a first team guy. He scored nine goals and had 13 assists. Uh, he's had the second most assists, I think in, um, in 2019 in the league. So um, to have that kind of talent come back and not just that we, we signed him to a multi-year contract. Uh, so um, he's been just as impressive as he was um, for the Roughnecks last season uh, throughout preseason. Uh, he scored a goal in the preseason. And so um, looks like he's already in, in form. Um, and then we've got a guy like uh, Marlon Santos, who um, a Brazilian uh, winger who came and joined the Roughnecks for the final 10 games of the season last year and very much flew under the radar because he was such a late addition. But in those 10 games, he scored five goals and had three assists. Um, wow. And so if you, if you put, put that out over a 34-game season, you're looking at a potential MVP candidate right there. Um, yeah. and just because it, because it happened in the final 10 games, no one really took notice. And, and obviously, um, you know, at that point, the Roughnecks were pretty much out of the playoffs picture. So um, I would say those two returners are guys that'll be um, weapons for us offensively. Uh, and then you've got a guy like Sean Lewis in that who is a, um, is a, is a standout keeper that missed a lot of time last year due to injury. So his, his numbers are a bit skewed as well, but um, you know, he's going to be our, our first choice option in that at least to start the season. And then when you look at the newcomers, um, you've got guys that I'm sure you guys have heard of um, Lebo Maloto, who's been an all league player uh, when he was in Nashville uh, for the previous two seasons. And before that, he was a, a Swope Park Ranger and helped lead that team to the 2017 USL Cup final. Um, so, uh, and then another former Nashville SC player, Bradley Bourgeois, we announced this morning that he's going to serve as our vice captain. Um, oh, he's wow. somebody that I think adds a lot of legitimacy to what we're doing. Um, he's, this is his fourth year in the league. He's made the playoffs each of the previous three seasons. Um, he's never missed the playoffs. And so, um, those two guys coming from Nashville uh, are, are um, you know, standout players. And then we've, we've signed a couple of people that the league might not be familiar with in um, Ariel Martinez, who is a um, Cuban midfielder. We actually, he was just named captain this morning. Um, he has over 50 national team appearances for Cuba. Uh, he came from Miami FC and obviously the team the past few years was um, in uh, Nissa or, um, you know, one of those, uh, kind of lower leagues, but, um, he is, he is certainly a, he is certainly a veteran of, um, of, of professional soccer and, and his resume speaks for itself. And then I would say one other, one other newcomer is, uh, striker Dario Suarez. He, like Ariel was on those um, previous Miami FC teams. And, um, again, like Ariel, he's a, a Cuban national teamer. So, um, those are just a handful of guys that I think uh, for fans following FC Tulsa this year and, and just following the USL championship that they're going to see a lot on the score sheet and, um, you know, see a lot of, of headlines about. Sounds like there's a lot going on because we were, we were discussing on our side, uh, you know, we started the season off uh, with a six nil win against Tulsa last year. And then at the end of the year, um, you know, we were, we were held, it was three, two, we ended up winning, but um, from what it sounds like, 
you know, there was a lot of investment that changed over the course of the year and, and getting guys healthy. Right. So that was, I, I wasn't sure how that happened, but it's good to hear that, you know, there was some players that came in and brought, you know, energy and life to the team. And now with the new ownership, it sounds like something, uh, something similar has happened. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people are maybe sleeping on us a little bit because of, um, and it's understandable because of, of past roughnecks teams, uh, typically not being very competitive in the league. Um, but I, I think when, when you look at the roster as a whole, there's, there's not too many deficiencies in it. Um, I think it's talented across the board. I, I think we're going to be a classic Western conference team that um, scores a lot of goals and is, is exciting uh, to watch. You know, I think there's probably going to be very few nil nil or one nil games and probably a lot more four, three type games. But um, yeah, I, I do think that, you know, I do think that this roster, if healthy, and, and that's always a knock on wood type deal, but this roster, if healthy, is, is more than capable of, of, of playoffs and, and maybe more. Well, that's great. We're excited for you guys, and, and we look forward to the competition. Well, Austin, we want to say thank you uh, for taking the time to join us this morning on match day number one of the 2020 uh, season. Uh, good luck to you guys today and the rest of the season as well. And we look forward to uh, chatting with you in September before the uh, our away leg uh, with you guys. And maybe even yeah, hopefully, uh, hey, hopefully we're talking, we're both talking about playoffs at that point. I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to talk about playoffs for both sides, as long as we're not playing in the first round and playing in the finals. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say <laughs> that enough. hopefully we're talking about our, our playoff match between our teams. <laughs> in, the, in the conference final. Well, Austin, thank you very much, man. And we hope to, hear, hope to talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Right. And we'll be back after this short message. You're now listening to Sacramento's number one soccer specific podcast. All right. And another thank you to Austin for taking the time to speak to us this morning. Um, And now we are excited to have an opportunity to talk to the man who tied the game with the Golazo and game winner. And, you know, I think he provided the assist as well. The creator of the Sactone FC podcast Magic Award. Billion Bijev. How are you, Billion? Morning, guys. I'm doing really, really good. Um, really looking forward to the game tonight and happy to be back on with you guys. Great. Yeah, we're, we're excited, too. So, um, you know, today, match day one of the 2020 year. What are you feeling? Uh, I feel excited. I feel relieved. I feel this is kind of the culmination of all the work we've been putting on in the uh, putting in in the offseason and preseason it it all gets to come together tonight Uh, I'm super excited to see all of our fans coming out in full force I hope we have a packed house tonight and getting to play in front of everyone and also my me personally my family's going to be there my brother will be there with his wife and my mom and dad as well with some friends so I'm really looking forward to being able to play in front of them again oh that's awesome yeah I think there's no better inspiration than you know when you have your family members there and all that too. So great. You know, hopefully you can score some goals and they can celebrate there with you after the game. Yeah, that would be, that would be perfect. Uh, for me personally, it is, it is the biggest uh, motivation to have my family there. And then, yeah, if I can, if I can score, or even if we just win the game, um, I'll be able to celebrate with them after and, and that'll be perfect for me. Yeah. That sounds awesome too. So what's your routine on, on match day or do you usually have a routine like another day? Um, I do have a bit of a routine on match day. I start, so for breakfast, I'll have oatmeal. 
I'll do oatmeal with frozen. I'll add frozen blueberries after I finish my oatmeal and uh, mixed nuts. I go for the unsalted mixed nuts mm-hmm. and that'll kind of be my breakfast. I'll do a uh, Greek yogurt with that as well. I really like a uh, peach Greek yogurt. It's Siggy's is the brand, which uh, actually my roommate, Andrew, who's other, another player on the team. He's the one who kind of turned me on to that um, yogurt and I like it a lot. It's, it's really good. So I'll do that for breakfast. After that, I'll, I'll just relax at home for a while, either watching things on Netflix or watching TV. There's usually games on. Um, so I'll watch a lot of soccer in the morning, which is fun. Helps kind of like pass the time as well as get my brain kind of ready and in a soccer mood. Then I like to go for a walk at some point. Either I'll go, you know, either walk around Target or if I don't have food at home and I want to go pick up food somewhere, I'll go get food and just walk around the area, just kind of stretch my legs and get loose. Then I'll come home, eat lunch. Uh, I don't I don't nap, so I won't take a nap or anything. I'll just watch more TV, rest, foam roll, start stretching a little bit as we get closer to game time. And then um, I like to take maybe like 30, 40 minutes just getting ready, like get my clothes ready, um, make sure I have everything with me, get, pick out like the outfit I want to wear, what shoes I'm going to wear so I'm not as rushed when I'm leaving. And then I'll head a little early to the stadium. And I always shower at the stadium before a game, whether it's a home or a away game. And that's kind of my routine. Oh, yeah, that sounds like an awesome routine. So the first half um, last week didn't have the result that I think you guys had expected. You guys were pressing, you guys were moving around, flying at a, at a high rate with a lot of intensity. Um, going down into halftime 2-0, what was the message from Mark at halftime like? Um, it was, a uh, like you said, it wasn't the first half we wanted. So when we came in at halftime, we knew we had to change something going into the second half. And Mark's big message to us was compete. Um, he wasn't, he wasn't happy with, um, the level of competition that we were bringing to the field. And it's not, it wasn't a level that we had brought to previous preseason games. And we knew, you know, as players that, it wasn't good enough and that we can do better. So he said at the at the bare, bare minimum, we need to do the basics, which is just compete. He knows we have the quality and he trusts us as his players and we trust him as the coach. So we knew the abilities out there on the field. We just needed to compete and kind of put it together and just be more aggressive, whether it's a defender tackling or you know a center back just clearing the ball with the header, just be more aggressive, whether it's an attacking player you know, taking a defender on 1v1 or just take someone on and whip a cross in or fire a shot. Um, he just wanted us to to be more aggressive and to compete harder. I thought you guys had done all that, to be honest, and it just the, the free kick that was hit, um, that was, I mean, there was not much you could do there. And then even the counterattack, I thought, I thought there was, those were two quality goals and, you know, it's hard to go down at halftime, but two, two nil leads are always the hardest to keep in, in football. So, it was it was a good result in the end, I think. Yeah, no, it definitely was. 2-0 is, they say, it's like the hardest score in soccer. But um, we were happy that they didn't have a lot of chances. I think the second half, I don't even know how many saves Adam had to make, like maybe one. Um, and even in the first half, it's not like they created a crazy amount of chances. I think they had like two or three shots and had two goals. So uh, we definitely weren't like worried or anything going into halftime. We knew 
um, this was still a game we were in. We weren't out of the game and our goal was attainable. And in the end we reached it. So, you know, we were down to one minute 73 and Mario Pinagos gives you an excellent pass and then you just sail it in. Can you please, you know, walk us through that first goal and the feeling that you had after watching it sell into the net? Um, just pure joy. Once I got the pass and it was a hard hit pass, which gave me enough time to kind of take a touch and um, didn't allow the defender to close me down right away, which was very important for the shot. Then as I took it over to my right foot, I, I always knew I want to curl it far post. And it's just when you make contact with a ball, whether it's like soccer or even in basketball, you can feel it when you have like a nice shot or tennis, you make good contact with the ball in your racket. Um, I just felt the ball on my foot. I made really good contact and it felt so sweet and I knew it would be a good shot. And sometimes, you know, you can take a similar shot and the keeper just makes a great save. They just react fast or they're able to push off fast and save it. But um, with this shot, the keeper wasn't able to save it. I still felt kind of like the sweet spot on my foot when I hit it. And when I watched it sail over him, I just had like pure joy in terms of like, I was really happy to have hit. I knew it was a beautiful shot, even though I'm not looking at it, you know, from a camera view, but I was just really happy for my teammates, for the fans, for everyone in the stands that's there. That's what they're there to watch. Anytime um, someone scores a goal like that, whether it's me or, you know, Sam Warner is more than capable of doing that. Kami Wasa does that all the time. Um, Belmar has so many of those goals. Even Roro has so many. So whoever of us is doing it on the day, I think that's what the fans come to watch. And that's what really instills that excitement and keeps them coming back game after game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that goal, you know, John and me were sitting in the same area at that time. And it, it just it left us speechless. Right, Jonathan? Oh, I threw my team sheet in the air. I think I gave somebody a severe paper cut. Oh, yeah, um, I remember. <laughs> yeah. I, the way that ball hit and that curled, I was like, man, that that that's a, that's probably, you know, you were talking about your best goal being against Fresno in a similar situation in the Open Cup. I'm sure that had uh, had changed real quick after that shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a nice. It's still, it's different because it's preseason. The, the yeah. Fresno one counted more and, Again, it was playing against kind of the city I grew up in, and it's a big it's like a rival for SAC. And so the game at that point had more on the line, and to get the three points was more important. But uh, in terms of just maybe quality of the shot and the height of the shot and where it went in the goal, um, the one this past weekend was probably nicer. Yeah. You made the same. You you said the same thing to us about you know it would have been nice had that goal came and we were able to grab three points, but. In the end, you know, that's that's what's nice for, right? Take away three points. Exactly. Yeah, that's our main goal heading into the game. Um, but it's also the first game of the season, and we have realistic standards. And while we want to win every single game, we also just want to play good soccer. We want to play our way into the game um, and come out with the best result we can get. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um. Last question, and then we will uh, let you get on with your routine today. Um, the team announced that there was uh, three new young guns, uh, first-team guys coming in, uh, all 17 years old. What impact uh, do you think they'll have with you guys uh, for, this, for this upcoming season? Uh, I think they're going to help us a lot. I know. So Diego has been training with us since last year. Uh, I think Juju might have come in and trained with us a couple times last year too. Um, and Eris, another great player. They've been such a huge help 
just even in training so far this year, even before they signed them, um, having them to play against uh, helps us players who have signed before them play at a higher level. And since they've been pushing us and pushing themselves, I think they've definitely earned these uh, academy contracts. And it also, you know, we want to emulate a system like, for example, Barcelona or Bayern Munich, who or even Liverpool, who are like the best structures from top to bottom in the world, you know, and the the more we can emulate that, I think the better we'll be as a club. So to have an academy that's producing players that we're able to bring into the first team to train with us, and then now like these three players even sign academy contracts and be able to play with us and be fully part of the team, I think that speaks volumes to what the club is doing from an academy level and up through the first team. So I'm really excited for it. I, I wish them all the best. And I know all the guys on the team, the veteran guys and the older players will be around to help them and support them in anything they need. So I'm really looking forward to it. That's awesome. Well, you know, we, we know you have a big day today and, you know, we appreciate the time you gave us and you know, the time you gave us last time as well. So, you know, we'll see you at the park this evening and, you know, we look forward to positive result and, Hey, if you score a goal, if you want to dedicate it to us again, that, that'd be awesome. Yeah, no, thank you guys again for having me on. It's, it's a pleasure to, to talk with you guys, and I look forward to doing it more and more. Sounds good. We look forward to it, too. Thanks. All right. Thank you, guys. So, again, as, most, as everybody in Sacramento should know, today is match day one. And so this morning on Twitter, I had made the uh, comment, so excited to get to the park and see all our friends. Make sure you bring your voices to bring the boys onto the pitch and send them off after the effort. And I asked Coach Briggs if he had any pregame speech for us. And he says, we need you all to show up. Show up loud and show up proud. Show up singing. Show up chanting. Show up banging the drums. Show up wearing our colors. You all are the heartbeat of this club, and we need you to show up today and throughout the season. Well, Coach, I think we're going to answer that call and then some, and it's going to be an awesome result for us today. For Luis and I, I hope to see you all at the park starting at 5, and I think, I think this is a great day for us. What about you, Luis? Yeah, uh, I think so. Uh, I mean, again, sadly, I won't be there, so it's, it's a shame, but you know, I think it, it'll be – a really amazing day. I mean, I'm looking forward to, to seeing you and uh, Danny give us some uh, insights and the halftime and then at the end of the game too. So yeah, should be good. Um, that quote, you know, I'm, I'm actually reading it now on Twitter too. Like it's, it's an amazing quote and, you know, we got the opportunity to speak to um, coach Briggs uh, at the event that they had at the last game. And, you know, one of the things I told him was, you know, you always have amazing quotes and, you know, they're not only inspiring to the players, but also to us as fans too. So, you know, seeing him give us this response with such an amazing and inspirational quote is, it's just really, I, I don't know, it, it gets me pumped up, you know, even though I won't be at the stadium, sadly tonight, like it just gets me pumped up for the whole season already. And, you know, I'm excited and looking forward to the game and all that. Well, everybody, we will see you guys uh, this evening. Um, be on the lookout for me. I'll be in my 25 city jersey, uh, seated, sitting in section 206, and I'll be over in the supporter sections as well. So and make sure you come say hi. 
And we actually started a, a YouTube channel too. And I believe, John, you're going to be doing a live on there as well? Yeah, we'll be doing live uh, videos from uh, pre-match, uh, halftime, and post-match. So stay tuned. Yeah, and stay tuned to, to our social medias, you know, as usual. We're on at Sacktown FC on Twitter and Instagram. And then if you guys want to join our Facebook group, again, we're um, Sac Republic fans. And we actually we actually reached 108 members, I think, as of this recording right now. So we keep growing and, you know, come join us and, you know, join and find out everything that's going on in Sacramento and in our podcast. So without further ado, we say goodbye and that we'll see you guys later this evening. Cheers, everybody. All right. See you, everyone.